Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. Open up the Word of God to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Ask that you'll stand. You're physically able to do that. Ask that you'll stand. Luke 11, verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. You may be seated. I want to preach today using as a subject, I think we need to talk. I think we need to talk. Would you look at the person beside you and uh, just look him in the eye and say what he said? Yeah, I don't want to raise your stress level. You can't even. I think we need to talk. Comrades, I was in a text thread this week with intergenerational civil rights leaders relative to the water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi. We just closed its public schools. It's rendered 200,000 people without power and water. As we were strategizing one of the millennials typed, this is an interesting POV, BRB. Immediately, it sent a furor from the older generation who were demanding a translation <laughs> because they didn't understand point of view and be right back represented. We are living in an era where texting, DMs, instant messages, and emails have made us lazy communicators. Lazy communicators with impotent interpersonal skills. Everything is abbreviated, leaving the nexus unpacked. Even in anger, we will text paragraphs, but we'll never pick up the phone. The biggest lie told in post-pandemic dating is you telling people how you and somebody else talk. 
Y'all don't talk. Y'all text. You go on dates. You go on family outings, department meetings where everybody is on their phone looking at social media, taking selfies, Googling, shopping, or just texting because texting has withered our attention span and it has dampened our capacity to be fully present. The average teenager sends 80 texts a day. The average teenager sends 80 texts a day, but they are not talking on average to their parents for 18 minutes a day. 1 John 4 and 20 asserts, For we cannot love God whom we have not seen if we don't love those who we have seen. I want to inverse that notion. How are you going to talk to the God who you haven't seen and you don't know how to have conversations with the people you see every day? I want to uh, use as a thesis statement for your consideration today. It's very unconventional in its approach, but I want to make a suggestion for critical thinkers. Is it possible... Hear me out. Is it possible that texting has destroyed praying? By virtue of the fact that we have lost the ability to communicate. Isn't it interesting that if in fact we are talking to our parents, our spouses, and our children in abbreviation, are we carrying that same subculture phenomenon into our prayer life? In the dawn of texting, there's no more all-night prayer. The dawn of texting, there are no more shut-ins. In the era of texting, if anybody is praying for more than three minutes, you become irritable. How are you talking to me while texting somebody else? I want to offer to you today a, a book for your consideration. Uh, the book is entitled The Art of Conversation. The Art of Conversation. The author's name is Judy Apps. And uh, the receiver, re reader receives uh, some paintbrushes that are a stroke of genius in order to color your confidence and to shellac over your shyness. The Art of Conversation. The author's name is Judy Apps. She suggests humbly that a tactic recommended in conversation is number one, you have to admit. Everybody in the room say admit. Admit what you don't understand. Conversations are obstructed because you are going through a complete conversation and you don't know what they're talking about. In a conversation, for it to be vibrant, for it to be healthy, you have to be comfortable asking questions. Ask questions in conversation. Reformulate it to force the speaker 
to say more about the subject. When you pretend to comprehend, you have railroaded the conversation. You got to be careful of people who think you are complaining when you are trying to express your love language. It's not a complaint when you don't know me. You have to ask the questions in order for you to get to the answer and do not assume the speaker is just going to give it. He told Hosea, I need you to marry the prostitute so Israel can see redemption. He told the sisters of Lazarus, this sickness is not unto death, it's just so that I can get glory. You are having incomplete prayers because in your prayers should be laden questions. Those questions you ask in prayer demand a response from the speaker who is God. You got to ask God in prayer. Why would you let my mother get cancer and she's never smoked? You got to ask God in prayer. What, why would you let me lose the house you gave me? You got to ask him in prayer. Why'd you help me get this degree and then not help me find a job in my field? You got to ask God questions. You got to ask God, why would you give me this sex drive and then not give me a spouse? You got to learn how to ask God some questions. There's some questions that are on your mind relative to God that only God can answer. And when you are praying, you are admitting, I don't understand what is taking place. I don't know where I am right now and I do not know what God is asking of me. Gotta admit, I don't know where it is. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're saying. Jesus says of himself, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not like your thoughts. You gotta say, God, I don't know what you want from me right now because you gave me the vision and then you gave me no confirmation. You, you, you got to ask God, God, why did you give me all of this genius, all of this greatness, and then surround me with insecure incompetence? You got to ask real questions. I don't understand. Would you just throw your head back and say, God, I need some answers. You have to first end conversation. Be prepared to admit. Second is, uh, it is vital in conversation that you are always appropriate. You are always appropriate. Uh, we've come to a place where we have transitioned from casual Fridays to casual every day. And with that, there are no boundaries. There is no deference. I saw recently on social media how a mother chastised her college-age daughter for putting WTH in a family chat. She had to remind her daughter, I am not in black mother tradition. I am not one of your little friends. 
You have to know what is appropriate in condition and in context to who you are talking to. Don't let people get too familiar too early. Y'all ain't said put a mister in front of that. Put a miss or miss is in front of that. You got to be careful how you handle me. Young lady asked me for counsel as her pastor. I said, Pastor, I need you to guide me in this. I've been talking to this young man on the phone. He lives out on the West Coast. I live here on the East Coast. And he asked of me that he wanted to come see me and stay with me. Is this appropriate? I said, no, this ain't appropriate. Tell him to get an Airbnb. Tell him to go stay in a youth brothel. Stay at the YMCA. Stay at Embassy Suites. But you ain't letting a grown Negro come in your house when you got children in that house. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. It is not appropriate. Uh, uh, we uh, have seen uh, the dilution of respectability. When President Obama was elected, formality was evicted. Nobody called Eisenhower Dwight. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Nobody referred to President Bush as George. You got to put some respect on his name. And in the same way, you've got to operate with that same deference when you are talking to our Heavenly Father. You got to know that this is not your manager. This is not your boss. This is not your supervisor. This is your Lord. This is Yahweh. This is Jehovah Tiskanu. This is Elohim. This is Adonai. This is El Elyon. This is El Shaddai. This is Jireh. This is Shalom. This is Jehovah Rophi. This is Jehovah Tiskanu. This is Jehovah Shammah. This is Mary's little baby. This is the doctor in the sick room. This is the lawyer in the courtroom. This is the banker when you are broke. This is the friend that's this closer than a brother. This is the way maker, miracle worker, lion of Judah. That is who he is. You got to put some respect on his name. You, 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 you got to call him up and tell him what you want. Some of you all are looking around because you don't know him like that. But those of y'all that know, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own, and the joy we share as we tarry. That's the Red Hum book. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Would you do me a favor? Would you just lift up your hand and just call him by his name? Come on, begin to worship him, right? Come on, get his attention. Would you just begin to magnify him like there is nobody else like him? Will you glorify him like you know he is the great I am? Will you please lift him up to know that heaven and earth must adore him. You better be careful using his name. Come on, somebody speak his name. Come on, say it with authority. Speak his name. Jesus at his name every knee must bow. Every tongue 
his name every demon every witch every Trump supporter every white supremacist has got to bow because there is a name that is above every name you may be seated hallelujah don't play with his name for thou shalt not take the Lord God's name God y'all are old school right in here would you just elbow your neighbor say be careful saying his name if you say his name somebody gonna get healed in here if you say his name somebody bill is gonna get paid if you speak his name somebody coming out of jail when you speak his name an opportunity is gonna open up be careful saying his name hallelujah you may be seated you gotta admit you don't know what's going on you have to be appropriate in your conversation and then you must uh, thirdly you must exude enthusiasm you must exude enthusiasm your energy will influence the conversation I better say that again your energy will influence the conversation nobody wants to engage with the voice of the dejected your energy creates atmosphere. Did you hear what I just said? Your energy creates atmosphere. When interviewing for employment, you must be resolutely optimistic. I'm ready to start today. I know I know how to do it. This gonna be the best hire you ever had. Y'all ain't saying nothing. When you are making a pitch, your energy creates the atmosphere. You have to reek with passion. You gotta let them know this is not my privilege, it's yours. If you buy into what it is that God has given to me, it ain't just my family, your family is gonna be a benefit. Do you know nations are gonna be looking for me when my idea gets exposed? Do you know I am God's best kept secret in the earth that he waited for me to go through some stuff before he gave me this idea he had to let me get divorced first he had to let me get rejected first he had to let me get laid off first so that when this idea comes to pass nobody will be latched on to me who is illegal to the assignment to God this is your privilege to be able to sit with me please know this is a one time opportunity if you do not seize it don't call me later because somebody else your energy creates atmosphere when you are pursuing a love interest there has got to be a sound of purpose and focus if you really are interested, you can't allow a day to go by without calling or texting. There is nobody more busy than a person who ain't interested. God, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I'll call you right back. I got to open the door to the refrigerator. I'll call you right back. There's a commercial on TV because they are not interested. <laughs> <laughs> 
God is in the same way. How busy are you that you went a whole day without talking to me? How did you go from last Sunday to this Sunday and you ain't even opened up your mouth to say nothing to me? But I need those of y'all that know early will I seek him. Before Instagram, before Facebook, before I check text messages, I gotta check on God. Why? Because he woke me up this morning and started me. Your, your energy, your energy creates the atmosphere. Your energy creates the atmosphere. And so in your prayer life, here it is, you got to learn in your prayer life how this is going to be crazy, but I need you to go with me. You got to learn in your prayer life how to stroke God's ego. God, help. say that again, Pastor. I said in your prayer life, you got to learn how to stroke God's ego. So when you are praying, how does my energy shift the atmosphere? How do I compel him to move? What do you do? You say this kind of stuff to God. I know that you can. I've seen you do it before. I believe that you will. I know that you are able. If I didn't think you could, I wouldn't talk to you. But because I know now under him who is able to keep me from falling and to present me faultless. Hallelujah. Be seated, please. I'm this is just about prayer. Be seated, please. You, you, you got to create an atmosphere and an energy that makes God begin to move on your behalf. Here's what's crazy is y'all got folk around you who don't even understand why it is that you praise God the way that you do. And they think you praising God and you got everything together. They don't know you holding on by the hair of your chinny chin chin. Well, why are you shouting broke? Why are you screaming lonely? Why are you magnifying him with no job? Because I know that he can. Because I know that he will. That I know sooner or later it's going to work in my favor. It's going to turn around for me. Can I preach it while I'm here? Late in the midnight hour. God is going to turn it around. We've been laying door for a night. He not come when you want him to come, but he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got to pause right here just to throw the devil off. I want to know real quick, how you going to act when your prayer gets answered? I, I want to know. Hey. Don't shout if you don't think he able. But if you think God going to leave you in the same position you were in in July, you got another thing coming. But if you know this is the month that God got to lean in my direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be seated. I'm coming. Be seated. I got to show you something. Uh, I got to show you something. Hallelujah. I got to show you something. Um, 
when my girls were little, when my girls were little, Grace, Angel, the door, my girls were little, uh, I, I remember an instance that they uh, sent uh, Angel in my room as the designated spokesperson. <laughs> Angel comes in my room as a designated uh, spokesperson. Say, Daddy, you okay? I say, yeah, I'm okay. Say, Daddy, how was your day? My day is fine. You, you need me to get anything? No, I don't need you to get nothing. <laughs> she priming the pump. She's <laughs> said, uh, Dad, uh, my sister and I were wondering uh, when you finish, uh, can you take us to get some sushi? I said, I, I don't even eat sushi. I don't, I don't like sushi. Uh, but I, I got to finish. I got to finish my work. She said, but will you think about it? I said, I said, yeah, I'll think about it. I go back to working, and uh, Angel leads out of my office, start walking down the hall uh, to Grace and the door. Everybody get dressed! <laughs> I said, everybody get dressed! I hear a door and Grace whispering in the hallway. What did he say? What did he, what did he say? <laughs> What he said, and uh, Angel took full authority. Y'all get dressed. We going to get sushi. I logged off my computer, came out in the hallway. I said, Angel, you know I ain't tell you I'm taking y'all to go get sushi. She, she said, no, but you said you were thinking about it. And I know if it's on your mind, it's just a matter of time before you take me there. I just came to tell 500 worshipers, whatever you've been asking God for, God said, if you scream, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about your next job. I'm thinking about your next house. I'm thinking about your next assignment. Would you look at the folk on your row and say, everybody, get dressed. Whatever you've been waiting on, your father getting ready to do it. He's thinking about it. Be seated, please. Hallelujah. In Luke 11, something intriguing happens because the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. I need you to understand this. The disciples say to Jesus, teach us how to pray. And I need you to hear this. Uh, they have a relationship with God. They are officials. Uh, it is not that they didn't know how to pray. So teach us how to pray because being raised in the Semitic tradition of prayer, their prayers consisted of uh, reciting uh, the prayers from the book of Psalms. Their prayers was reciting the prayers from Isaiah and the prayers from Jeremiah. 
but it wasn't yielding them any results. They finally had the epiphany. Here it is. They had the epiphany that when I use somebody else's prayer, it is not going to affect my circumstance. So I have got to find my own prayer language. So I may not pray like you, but don't judge me. I'm praying because of where I am and the circumstance that I'm in. So I don't know all that ye, thee, thou. All I know is, God, I need some help. All I know is if you don't come up in here, I'm going to lose my mind. All I know is, God, help me so I don't kill nobody on this job. When Jesus prayed, 5,000 were fed. When Jesus prayed, dead men came back to life. When Jesus prayed, hear this, the woman with the issue of blood got healed. When Jesus prayed, y'all ain't saying nothing to me, blind men got their sight back. I came to tell somebody today, God wants you to have the kind of prayer life. Not that you just sound good, but you have the kind of prayer life that when you pray, heaven has got to respond. When you pray, hell has got to shut down. When you pray, generational curses are broken. I need you to grab that neighbor by the hand. I'm getting ready to get out of here, but grab that neighbor by the hand and say, I know you don't know me like that, but things happen when I pray. I don't have to have no title. I ain't got to sit up front, but God knows my voice. When I pray, I can't hear nobody. I done seen God stop my car from getting repossessed. When I pray, I seen God get my son away from that nasty little girl. When I pray, I done seen God help me keep the job that I didn't even perform well in. I need you to pull on that neighbor and tell him a miracle is getting ready to happen because God knows my voice and he's waiting for me to pray for something. Don't let that neighbor's hand go. We getting ready to go in the enemy's camp. For one minute, I want to hear the sound of those who have ever had a prayer answered. Would you pray for whose hand you're holding? That in the next 30 days, whatever they need is getting ready to happen. Pray for that name. I can't hear nobody. Oh my God. I can't hear anybody. How did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? I felt like lifting him up. I need you to hold that neighbor's hand and tell him unlike your other friends, I'm not going to let you go until everything you prayed for comes to pass. And this is the kind of friend I am. I'm going to praise him in advance like your prayer is already answered. I got to tell y'all what to do. Don't wait till the battle is over, but shout right now like the prayer.
Zion. Lift up that voice, Zion. His arm is not short that he cannot save. His ear is not heavy that he cannot hear. Lift that hand. Lift that hand. This sermon is not about shouting. This sermon is about praying. With that hand lifted, you can loose that neighbor's hand. That hand lifted. Would you just take 30 seconds and tell God what you don't understand? Come on, lift up that hand. Tell them what don't make sense in your life. Tell them what is problematic. Tell them what's disrupting your peace. Tell them what's interrupting your sleep. Tell them what's destroying your decisions. Now you've admitted what you don't understand. With that hand lifted, come on, be appropriate. Tell God how good he is. Hallelujah. Tell him what you think of him. Tell him what he means to you. Speak well of him. What are the attributes, what are the characteristics that align with your understanding and your relationship to our God? And now I need you to shift the environment. Raise your level of enthusiasm. Hear me before you do it. You only got a reason to be depressed if you're convinced your prayer ain't gonna be answered. Only way you stressed out is you don't have confidence that God has the ability. But I need you to change your temperament, your attitude, and your language. You please think joy filled in your heart. Like you know God, I don't know how you're gonna do it, but I trust that you will. I pray over every lifted hand that this will be your season for answered prayers. This will be your season that God will confirm what you are called to. This will be your season to be delivered from what you can't discuss. This will be your season where God will free you from the uncomfortability of hard conversations. This will be your season where you're finally able to get some stuff off your chest and put it into God's hands. And those of you with like-minded faith and you believe you serve like I do, a prayer answering God. Would you give God glory for it right now? Come on, you serve a prayer answering God. I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running. 
chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.